The following program is being brought to you on the 7th Wave Network. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit 7thWaveNetwork.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. The teachings of the Ascended Masters are universal and available to all. The Ascended Masters themselves are the saints and sages of East and West, and their teachings incorporate the original core beliefs of all the world's major religions. No matter which religious path you follow, you will find these teachings equally compelling. This is The Open Door. Come along with us as we explore the teachings of the Ascended Masters. Here are the hosts for The Open Door. Tom Schumacher, and Terry Kennedy. Well, greetings, everyone, and thank you for joining us today. You are tuned to The Open Door, the Internet voice of the Summit Lighthouse, where we publish and practice the teachings of the Ascended Masters. And I should say it, it is our goal to acquaint you with these teachings as well. I'm Tom Schumacher. And I'm Terry Kennedy, and our focus today is on conquering death. Ooh. <laughs> Sounds like a lighthearted subject. <laughs> well, you know, I know how you mean that, but, you know, let's ask ourselves this question. Wouldn't you feel just a bit lighthearted if you knew you could defeat death? You mean attain immortality? <laughs> yep. I'm talking about nothing less than conquering death, realizing that it is not real, and learning that we have the means to overcome the consciousness of death and achieve immortality. Okay, I suppose I could probably <laughs> muster up a wee bit of jubilation Ooh. at the prospect of overcoming death. You know, I have a feeling our listeners would as well. <laughs> now, we understand that most people who are spiritual and religious accept the potential of the immortality of the soul. I mean, yeah. most of us were raised to believe that once we get to heaven, well, then uh, we're there for eternity. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, when we speak of immortality... Our emphasis rests on an acceptance of the concept of reincarnation and the fact that, you know, as we see it, we've got a certain amount of earthly business to take care of before we move on permanently to the next stage in our conscious evolution. Until we've balanced a certain percentage of our karma, uh -huh. balanced our threefold flame, and fulfilled our unique life purpose, we're going to return again and again until we succeed. In other words, reincarnation. You know, see, God created the soul to be immortal. But achieving this immortality and returning to the heart of God will take some work. <laughs> well, in fact, it already has. I mean, how many times have we returned here so far to take care of our karmic business? Way more times than we could probably care to count, no doubt. But we've made it this far, and we could be a lot closer to graduation than we realize. But while our soul's potential immortality may be a given, we should not assume that it is automatic. No, no, we shouldn't at all. And we'll be talking more about this subject, particularly addressing the question of whether the soul itself can die, a bit later on with Sidney Bennett. Okay, uh, back to this subject of conquering death. Okay. Now, why are we talking about it, and why should it matter to our listeners? Well, we talk about it for the same reason that Jesus said, death would be the last enemy we will overcome. Sad to say, but mankind has accepted mortality as a way of life, no pun intended. Man's hopes, fears, and aspirations are all based on a belief in a finite consciousness of a finite existence in a finite world. But God has granted everyone the gift of immortality as long as they are willing to accept it on his terms. Well, you know, to put it in a nutshell, life is sacred, life is immortal, and that life is God. Really can't put it any more simply than that. <laughs> well, immortality is the natural intention of God for man. 
from the very foundation of the world and from the moment of creation for each individual. You know, it was uh, Jesus' resurrection that proved Paul's teaching about death uh-huh. being the last enemy to be overcome. You know, and when we say enemy, by the way, because the consciousness of death is an attempt to limit and perhaps even negate the reality of God's consciousness, makes death literally an enemy of the light. And Jesus was able to resurrect his body temple, restoring it to life, thus demonstrating the illusion of death. Why? Mm-hmm. Because death is only real to those who believe that our life is actually in the body. <laughs> Surprise! Life is actually in the flame in the heart and in the soul. And since death is not real, what we see as death is simply the laying down of the body temple by the soul. Uh, Why are we stressing this point? Mm -hmm. Because life is real, it is magnificent, and it is infinite. And if we all lived with this reality in our consciousness, think how liberating it would be to live without fear, without limitation, being able to join in the oneness of the consciousness of God, yet retaining individual consciousness. Rather than focusing on overcoming physical death, our goal should be the resurrection of life. Mm -hmm. And what is the doorway to gaining eternal life? The ascension. This is the ultimate goal of life, not only for the soul, but for the physical body as well. This reminds me, once again, that all of our shows here on The Open Door are organized around what we call the four essential questions. They are indeed. Who am I? Mm -hmm. Where am I going? Why am I here, and how do I get there? Each of these four basic questions revolves around the reality of our true immortal nature. When, through knowledge, application, discipline, and diligence, we climb the mountain toward oneness with God, we will eventually join the others who have gone before. Our beloved ascended masters. Indeed. These saints and sages of East and West are the way showers. They've gone where we're going, and they're committed to helping us find our way home, just as they did. You know, and the ascended masters have taught us that our God consciousness occurs in stages and initiations, not all at once. Right. And though we may achieve immortality through the ascension, we continue to grow and expand as we move closer and closer to God. You know, in fact, after we've graduated from Earth and made our transition to the next level, we will experience a wonderfully expanded new life filled with new exciting choices. Full of new experiences, Uh new relationships, even full of new responsibilities. (laughs) True enough. We could find ourselves serving life in a variety of ways helping others as the angels and ascended masters help us. I want to go right now, Well, sure, me too. You know, who wouldn't really? But as we said at the outset of this program, and something we've also said many times before, the ascension is earned. It's that that unfinished karma business, isn't it? Uh, Well, it is. But don't you find becoming an ascended master great motivation for balancing and transmitting your karma? Can I speed it up? Well, sure, with light of flame decrees, among other things. But that's a subject for another show. You know, I I really like this idea of transcending ourselves, even in the ascended state. Well, so do I. You know, our consciousness is constantly expanding. And on this subject, one of the most important and powerful educational resources we have here at the Summit Lighthouse is the nine-volume Climb the Highest Mountain series by Mark L. Prophet and Elizabeth Clare Prophet. This landmark series ranks as one of the most profound spiritual works ever written. Just go to www.tsl.org slash bookstore and look for Climb the Highest Mountain. And speaking of this re- uh, remarkable series, one of the nine volumes just happens to be titled <laughs> The Path to Immortality. Oh, my. What a coincidence. You know, well, and speaking of coincidence, didn't you prepare an excerpt from this book for us today? Why, yes, I did, Tom. Well, okay, why don't we hear it now? The Last Enemy Although Jesus names death as the enemy, the last enemy that shall be overcome, humanity, plagued by sin, sickness, and the fears of old age, often welcome the grim reaper. After they have spent their allotment of energy in every form of selfish pleasure-seeking, 
after they have filled their minds with the knowledge of the world and followed its ways, after they have lived out their abbreviated span of threescore and ten, and marked their personal accomplishments satisfactory or unsatisfactory, as the case may be, they are willing, albeit reluctantly, to wave adieu to an ungrateful world and to sever the ties of human existence. This attitude is an indictment of civilization and of the materialistic consciousness that has brought it to its present state. This attitude, framed by an ignorant religion and abetted by a fatalistic science, clearly shows that the larger purposes of life are unknown. Life itself, which is God, is unknown to men, although many continue to worship at the altar to the unknown God. This attitude also reveals in the race consciousness an ingrained acceptance of mortality as a way of life. The hopes, the fears, and the aspirations of men all stem from a finite consciousness having a finite existence in a finite world. But the attitudes of the mortal mind regarding death are counter to the intent of God, who gives the gift of immortality to everyone who will accept it on His terms. Those who are familiar with the great law and understand its higher action know that life is sacred, that life is immortal, and that life is God. The illumined understand that immortality is not merely a reward for well-doing, although reward it may well be, but the natural intention of God for man, that was manifest from the foundation of the world and from the moment of creation for each individual. Every son and daughter of God was endowed not only with a master plan, a blueprint for destiny, but also with the tools to implement that plan in the tenets of the law of life. These tenets are the keys to immortality. They unlock the formulas that enable man to find and fulfill his destiny and to conquer the elements of death. It is right that men should cling to life, but let that clinging be for the fulfillment of divine purposes and for the realization of true illumination. At the end of the rainbow of one's search for truth lies the pot of gold, spiritual illumination. Uh, thank you for that, Terry. Now, when we return, we will hear an interview with Elizabeth Clare Prophet entitled Spiritual Resurrection, in which she answers questions like, what is the resurrection? Would it be possible to end physical death? What about physical healing? Is immortality possible? What is the ascension? And much more. Please stay with us. Awakened Media for a Transforming World. Seventh Wave Network. These days, everyone is looking for information on staying young, healthy, and fit. The Voice America Health and Wellness Network is here to help you on your quest to better health and a better you. We talk about everything from diet, fitness, and aging to substance abuse, personal growth, mental health, and much more. Learn from our experts who cover health and wellness from traditional and holistic perspectives. Tune in to the Voice America Health and Wellness Network. Healthy living starts here. On the spiritual quest, our upward journey hinges on four basic questions. Who am I? Why am I here? Where am I going? How do I get there? Who are you? You are a spiritual being, a child of God. And when you recognize this, your whole world changes for the better. No matter where you are or who you're with, the power of this inner knowing will compel you to come up higher. 
Why are you here? To master your human nature, fulfill your divine purpose, and become one with God. Where are you going? Simply put, you are returning home to the heart of God, where your soul's journey began so very long ago. How do you get there? Follow the Ascended Masters. These great saints and sages of East and West have walked where you walk. They are committed to helping you to find your way home, and their teachings are always practical. Our goal on The Open Door is to keep the spiritual journey as simple and uncomplicated as possible so that all who choose can walk this path with confidence and certainty. The Open Door is live every Tuesday at 11 a.m. Pacific, 2 p.m. Eastern, and we are the Summit Lighthouse, the pathway to your ascension. For more information, visit www.tsl.org. Be extraordinary. Seventh Wave Network. You are listening to The Open Door, hosted by Tom Schumacher and Terry Kennedy. If you have a question or comment about our series, please send your emails to webradio at tsl.org. That's webradio at tsl.org. Now, back to The Open Door. Welcome back, everyone. Um, in today's interview with Elizabeth Clare Prophet, we'll hear answers to the questions, what is the resurrection? Is it possible to end physical death? And what's karma got to do with it? Our interviewer is Doug Kenyon. You say we're supposed to do everything that Jesus did. How about the resurrection? Well, the resurrection is the proving that the last enemy that shall be overcome is death. And it certainly is our final initiation. And the reality of it is that there is no death. But we have to prove that there is no death. The resurrection is a resurgence of God's energy through our being, through our chakras. And it was the drawing forth of the energies of the resurrection from the I Am Presence and from the base chakra of the Mother that enabled Jesus to restore life to that temple. He drew forth again the threefold flame of life that had returned to God upon his death on the cross. By the meditation of his soul with the oversoul or the higher self, he overshadowed his body until he restored that body to life. Now we begin our resurrection by the restoration of consciousness, of joy, of happiness, of love, of truth. And we keep on increasing and accelerating God's consciousness within us until the ultimate victory over death is a natural conclusion of our soul's quest on the path and of our soul's reunion with God. Continuing then these mantras which El Moria has given in the science of the spoken word as the heart, head, and hand decrees, we have a mantra for the resurrection. And it works every day. And as we give this mantra, we can say, I am being resurrected every day. I am overcoming death every day. I am the flame of resurrection, blazing God's pure light through me. Now I am raising every atom from every shadow. I am free. I am the light of God's full presence. I am living ever free. Now the flame of life eternal rises up to victory. 
I am the flame of resurrection, blazing God's pure light through me. Now I am raising every atom from every shadow. I am free. I am the light of God's full presence. I am living ever free. Now the flame of life eternal rises up to victory. This little mantra is accompanied by the visualization of white light coming through us, rising through us as a white fire pulsating from beneath our feet through our consciousness, coming through our chakras. It is an energy field that can restore from sickness to health, from depression to wholeness, from anxiety to joy. There is an alchemy in this mantra and in all mantras whereby in the spoken word, as in no other form of meditation, misuses of God's energy are transmuted. This process of transmutation means that each time we give mantras that contain the name of God, I am, we are actually balancing karma. Karma is simply the substance of God's energy which we have qualified either correctly or incorrectly so that there is good karma and bad karma, negative karma or positive karma. The energy which we want to requalify with light is the energy misqualified with darkness. When we give these mantras, increments of that energy which is stored in a force field comparable to the subconscious is returned to the great causal body or the spheres of consciousness which surround the I Am Presence. Mantras, then, are not given simply for the alteration of a state of consciousness, which they do accomplish. But more importantly, they are always involved in the forgiveness of sin, or what we may call the balance of karma. Therefore, a mantra on the resurrection is for the removal of the consciousness of death. More than we realize, we are burdened by the energies of death on a day-to-day -day basis. Fear is the beginning of death. Doubt in oneself is the beginning of death. The condemnation or the belittlement of the self is the murdering of the self and its potential to be free. Freedom then comes through this resurrection flame. Are you saying it would be possible to end physical death? The termination of death begins in consciousness. Since death is not real, death is not manifesting now. What we see as death is simply the laying down of the body temple by the soul who then is journeying to other planes of consciousness or other mansions in the Father's house. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. And I go to prepare a place for you that where I am ye may be also. The mansions are planes of consciousness, and there are many planes of consciousness. The soul journeys to these planes both after the transition that is called death and during sleep at night. Our souls may depart our body temples and go to other places and other schoolrooms for a learning experience. Death, then, is the illusion of the cessation of life, and it is only real to those who believe that our life is actually in the body. But the life is in the flame in the heart and in the soul, and these move on consecutively as the path of acceleration continues here and hereafter. Now, ultimately, the demonstration of the ascension will mean the cessation of even that laying down of the physical body. 
but we have much more immediate goals than the overcoming of that form of death. Our immediate goal is the resurrection of life as it ought to be lived on earth today. What about physical healing? Physical healing comes about the same way, through the use of meditation and the science of the spoken word, and also through the proper diet that is most important, we can see that light in our body temples brings about a manifestation of healing. Since so many physical conditions are caused by mental and emotional problems, the healing of the mind and the emotions and the erasing by the violet flame of records in the subconscious is often all that is required to eliminate physical suffering. So the first thing you seek to change is consciousness, right? Well, we go to cause behind effect. That doesn't mean to say we don't call upon the medical profession and use medicines and uh, whatever is necessary, surgery, etc., for the correction of conditions in the body. But ultimately, we seek to manifest the victory where the mind of God within us controls the manifestation in matter. What happens after the resurrection? Well, you'll recall that after Jesus' resurrection, he came back, he spent 40 days with the disciples, he gave them instruction in the upper room, and his final words, tarry ye in the city of Jerusalem until ye be endued with power from on high. And that power from on high was going to be the descent of the Holy Spirit on the day of Pentecost. We talked about the concept of ascending every day, every hour. The ascension is the acceleration of consciousness. It is actually the increase of the vibratory rate of the electrons as they whirl about and through the nucleus of the atom. The concluding mantra, then, in the Heart, Head, and Hand series is a mantra of the ascension. As soon as we begin to give it, we are accelerating the white light in our auras, preparing for that ultimate soul reunion at the conclusion of this life or our next life of incarnation. This is how it goes. I am ascension light, victory flowing free, all of good won at last for all eternity. I am light, all weights are gone into the air I raise. To all I pour with full God power my wondrous song of praise. All hail, I am the living Christ, the ever-loving one. Ascended now with full God power, I am a blazing sun. The visualization for this mantra is a sphere of white light that now envelops the entire form, the entire being. When we say, I am the living Christ, we are affirming, God in me is the living Christ, and that Christ which was in Jesus is now manifesting in me as the fullness of the threefold flame in my heart. Visualizing the self as a blazing sun gives us the key to the alchemy whereby Jesus disappeared from their midst, whereby he could come into the upper room right through the wall. That alchemy is simply the rearrangement of atoms and molecules of the physical body so as to pass through the atoms and molecules of the wall. Now the day is going to come in the not-too-distant future when people on earth will be doing this without difficulty. And it is amazing how quickly this will happen as they begin to understand the science of the word. Now, when I say the science of the word, I'm talking about word with a capital W. I'm talking about the word incarnate. I'm not just talking about 
the words that come through the throat chakra in these decrees. I'm talking about the word as the very energy of creation which we express when we give a mantra. The goal of all of this is immortality, right? And that goal is something that is very near and dear to the people of every religion in the world. Whether it's called soul liberation or ascension or nirvana, it is the same thing. It's what Paul said. This corruptible must put on incorruption. This corruptible must put on incorruption. Paul said that as the very equation of his being, bursting from within. His soul was crying out. He knew this as the goal of life. And that is the eternal quest of the overcomers. He said, this mortal must put on immortality. This which is temporal in time and space, this soul which is my option to opt for eternity, must accelerate, must return to the source whence it came, the I Am Presence. Thank you very much. Thank you. Up next, our weekly Q&A. And today, once again, we are joined by Reverend Sidney Bennett. Please stay with us. Your online community for positive change. Seventh Wave Network. On the spiritual quest, our upward journey hinges on four basic questions. Who am I? Why am I here? Where am I going? How do I get there? Who are you? You are a spiritual being, a child of God. And when you recognize this, your whole world changes for the better. No matter where you are or who you're with, the power of this inner knowing will compel you to come up higher. Why are you here? To master your human nature, fulfill your divine purpose, and become one with God. Where are you going? Simply put, you are returning home to the heart of God, where your soul's journey began so very long ago. How do you get there? Follow the Ascended Masters. These great saints and sages of East and West have walked where you walk. They are committed to helping you to find your way home, and their teachings are always practical. Our goal on The Open Door is to keep the spiritual journey as simple and uncomplicated as possible, so that all who choose can walk this path with confidence and certainty. The Open Door is live every Tuesday at 11 a.m. Pacific, 2 p.m. Eastern. And we are the Summit Lighthouse, the pathway to your ascension. For more information, visit www.tsl.org. The Mayan calendar tells us that we will be entering into a 260-day opportunity for us to engage in conscious co-creation with Great Spirit. How will we prepare ourselves for this exciting and unprecedented time in Earth's history? Peter Tong has dedicated over 20 years of his life's work to exploring that which is beyond understanding. Peter will help increase your awareness and education on this enlightening transformation in consciousness. Awakening to Conscious Co-Creation airs live Wednesdays at noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time on 7th Wave Network. Listening on a higher dimension. 7th Wave Network. You are listening to The Open Door, hosted by Tom Schumacher and Terry Kennedy. If you have a question or comment about our series, please send your emails to webradio at tsl.org. 
That's webradio at tsl.org. Now, back to The Open Door. Thank you, and we are back. And joining us is the aforementioned Sidney Bennett. Hi, Sid. Hi, I said. Say, uh, immortality is certainly no small subject. (laughs) You know, we talked about it a lot in simple terms, if that's possible. But what is it about the concept of our individual immortality that we need to most know most, particularly in light of the true nature of our soul and reincarnation? Well, it kind of goes back to the four questions, again, that we talk about a lot. And why are we here? What, what is the purpose of life? It's the question mm-hmm. that everybody has asked since the dawn of time. The Ascended Masters teach us that we are created to become co-creators with God, to become God in manifestation, and yet individual as individuals. But to get there, uh, it doesn't happen automatically because of the wonderful concept of free will. And after all, we'd just be automatons if God didn't give us free will to do what we (laughs) wanted to do. And so in this process of free will, we've come into the physical world, we've made karma, but we're seeking to learn mastery and to gain mastery. When we gain that mastery, when we balance our karma, when we put on God, so to speak, that's already within us, that is the key to our immortality. Now, we all have souls that are unique, just as we have a portion of God in our I Am Presence. As we've been learned before, the soul is not immortal until it becomes one with the I am presence through the ascension. So the soul can be lost. It's not God's will, and it's not part of our divine plan. But because of free will choice, people can do that. So we need to understand that immortality is our goal. It's our promise. It's our gift from God. But it's going to take some doing to get there. Yeah. And, and how else could we be co-creators with God unless we gain that mastery and gain that understanding and wisdom that is necessary to do that? Yeah, you know, um, shifting gears just for a moment here, we, we alluded earlier to um, Paul writing that Jesus' resurrection proved that death is not real. How is that so? Well, I think, you know, the concept of death, we, of course, on a day-to-day basis, people think, you know, one day we're here and the next day we're not. And mm-hmm. obviously people do make, go through a transition called death where they leave the physical body behind. But death is not real because death can never be a part of God. It's a temporal manifestation. And in the planes of matter, when we've worn out our physical form or when we've made a certain amount of karma and we need to change, God will take us out of this body and eventually put us in a new one. Mm -hmm. So death is not real in the sense that the soul continues between embodiments um, and in, in new embodiments and reincarnation to learn our lessons, to balance our karma, and to fulfill our divine purposes. So we must overcome the consciousness of death as well as just death itself, which we will do, of course, when we make our ascension by God's grace. We will not experience death because we'll not be in a physical form. You know, we um, were talking earlier about the soul laying down the body in between embodiments. Mm-hmm. It's a wonderful concept to think of, you know, that there's, death does not enter into that equation. The soul is simply, as you said a moment ago, moving on. It's in between getting prepared for the next incarnation if that is necessary. You know, and very often it's a mercy. Mm -hmm. Because what happens is, in the old days, you read the Bible, people lived 800 years and so forth. What happens was, you know, they could do that because their threefold flame was much bigger and and could extend life. But the reason it was shortened is because people got into habit patterns and they didn't change. So whether it's (laughs) 70 years or 700, a lot of people get in ruts. And so it's the mercy of God to cut off that lifetime, to give people a new body, a new opportunity a new situation to learn their lessons and to break some of those uh, patterns that have been such a burden for so long. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Uh, what is it exactly that we actually resurrect? Well, we're resurrecting our consciousness, first of all. <laughs> and, you know, I want to talk just a little bit about this concept of death, beyond just the physical death that people go through. There is a consciousness of death, and it's anti-life, and it's anti-God. 
And when we think about it, things we do in our day-to-day life are actually embracing uh, the concept of death. For instance, if we smoke cigarettes, it doesn't mean we're bad people, but cigarettes carry the connotation of death, of the destroying the physical body. Other things we might do with it through our diet or through alcohol or through recreational drugs, it's actually embracing the concept of death because you're saying, you know, God is not good enough, I have to find something else. And of course, anything else but God is death and is not life. And so we must begin with ourselves. And even the whole understanding of abortion as aborting life, it is choosing death. And so when we understand that, we can think of death not just in terms of our physical passing, but in terms of the way we live our lives day by day. Moses said, choose life. Mm -hmm. And we choose life in how we live, how we act, and what we do. Um, In her interview that we heard, uh, Elizabeth Clare Prophet spoke of the ascension following the resurrection. And does this happen immediately? And if not, you know, what dictates the length of the interval between the two? Well, my understanding it could be different for, for everybody. Typically, uh, souls that even make their ascension for the most part today will go through the physical transition called death. And then their soul will be resurrected. And if they balance their karma, fill their divine plan, they will go through the ascension if that's what they choose to do. Mm-hmm. But I think you can be resurrected in the physical body. Jesus proved that. Yeah. And certainly we can embody the resurrection flame and the resurrection spirit as a regenerative power within our four lower bodies, within our physical, spiritual, emotional, and spiritual bodies. So I think it varies with the individual. The goal is to do it sooner than later. We don't have to wait for our ascension to be resurrected. Yeah. Uh, well, Jesus demonstrated the physical ascension, and, and what my question is, is will we all ascend bodily, or was Jesus' ascension somehow you know, different or special? Well, we don't see a lot of people physically ascending. <laughs> Not <laughs> in my neighborhood, anyway. <laughs> yeah. But it's interesting to know it is very possible. It does occur. It's, my understanding has been relatively rare. But there's a prophecy that said that people will be ascending from the hillsides. And mm-hmm. I think that's referring to physical ascension. So it can be done. Um, but I think it takes a lot, and I think those are, are unique cases. And as mankind evolves and as the light increases on the planet, I think we'll see things on the planet that we have perhaps not seen before, not for a very long time, including physical ascensions. Okay. I think it was Elijah, wasn't it, who physically ascended also? He walked with God and was no more. Yeah. Um, switching gears again here a little bit, you heard us talking before about death as the enemy. Would you care to expand on this idea? Well, again, I'll go back to what I was sharing with a minute ago, where this consciousness of death, which is anti-God, which is anti-immortality. And so, <coughs> excuse me, so the way we live our life on a daily basis is will be a statement of the fact that we're choosing life mm-hmm. and defeating that enemy. And we know it can be defeated because Jesus defeated it. And so it's so, it's so ingrained in our consciousness of mankind that death is real and that we're all going to die at some point that it takes effort and a challenge to say that I choose life, death is unreal, my Savior has defeated it. And as we change our consciousness, whether we go through the physical death or not, we are in fact defeating it. Well, you know, this is another example, perhaps, of um, how we've treated uh, Jesus as somehow special. Um, of course, he is. But in terms of what he achieved and could do, that we also can do. These things that I do and greater things shall she also do. This is one of those instances where Jesus is ex- an example, not an exception. Absolutely. And so just because we don't see people doing it doesn't mean it can't be done. <laughs> it shouldn't be done. And I think this goes back again to the understanding of the true path and teaching of Jesus, to emulate him, to follow him, not to worship him as the only son of God, but as the example we can follow. And we will go through the same things Jesus went through, including the resurrection, um, the ascension, all these things, 
crucifixion, I might add, too, perhaps in different forms. But that is the key to our immortality. You know, one other concept we hear is transfiguration. Can you put that into the context of resurrection and ascension? Well, I think Jesus was transfigured, as we know, Mm -hmm. um, and he took on this immense light Mm -hmm. um, around his body. And that is something we'll go through as well. As we increase our consciousness, as we increase the Christ consciousness in our being, reduce the human consciousness, and overcome these patterns and these death uh, energies that are around us, we can be transfigured too. It's not just Jesus, but us as well. Mm-hmm. When we, you know, when we talk about uh, overcoming death, is the process the same for overcoming illness? In other words, uh, are the same factors involved in disease that are involved in death? Well, they are, because disease is a manifestation, typically, of the wrong use of energy and its negative karma. Now, it could be just poor diet could cause yeah. disease, but typically we see diseases in people as a result of karma, perhaps from this, but more likely from other embodiments. And so again, it's the wrong use of energy. It's choosing death instead of life and how we use God's energies that made this negative karma. So as we begin to overcome these things, as we balance this karma and live our lives, then we will in essence be choosing life instead of death. So disease is a manifestation. It's perhaps not a final manifestation as the physical transition is, but it should be a sign to us that we got our work cut out for us. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Which we've, we kind of know. <laughs> yeah, we do. You know, um, then kind of staying with the subject of, of resurrection and ascension, you've mentioned in past programs that it is possible uh, as an act of free will to return to Earth after ascension. Now, is there an inherent risk in doing this? I mean, can, can our ascensions once again be lost? Well, my understanding is that once you've ascended, it does take, in essence, a dispensation from the cosmic hierarchy to return to Earth. Now, this has occurred because John the Baptist was an ascended master. Mm -hmm. Before he re-embodied, he, of course, was the prophet Elijah. And um, that takes a special dispensation from heaven. We know that St. Germain returned to Earth in a physical form after his ascension. But Mm -hmm. this is a rare thing. And my understanding is not something you can choose to do yourself. I think what I was referring to is that people that balance enough karma, fulfill their divine plan, and could make their ascension, uh-huh. do choose to come back into physical form. Now, this can be risky, and <laughs> you know, people yeah. will be advised spiritually because you can lose what you have gained, and we forget once we come into physical embodiment. So the, that typically doesn't happen a lot, but there are people that are called bodhisattvas that will come back even though they could have wanted their ascension. You know, I think it was last week's program where you mentioned the karmic board and the fact that we can petition the karmic board uh, as we begin the process of re-embodiment to say, I want to come back in order to accomplish this bit of business. Even though I qualified, as you said a moment ago, for my ascension, I still may say to them, I want to go back and do this particular work. Then getting here, we have maybe mercifully, I don't know, forgotten what it was that we wanted to do. I mean, you have to discover this life purpose, perhaps, in our current embodiment. My question would be, is that a place where there is a lot of potential risk? I mean, Absolutely. In fact, we know of cases where people have, uh, on their ascension, asked to come back to do a specific purpose, to help someone or do something, and they got lost. Oh. And uh, they forgot who they were, and they made more karma and essentially lost their ascension. Doesn't mean they lost it forever, but it means they lost the opportunity. And my understanding is that, for the most part, the masters recommend if you've won your ascension, you should take it. Enlightened self-interest, indeed. <laughs> Maybe that's where the term backsliding comes from. You go yeah. from fifty-one to forty-nine percent. Oh boy, to be so close. Yeah. Well, we've got to take a break here, but please don't go away. When we return, we'll continue our discussion of immortality and related topics with Sidney Bennett.
the new home for visionary positive change. Seventh Wave Network. On the spiritual quest, our upward journey hinges on four basic questions. Who am I? Why am I here? Where am I going? How do I get there? Who are you? You are a spiritual being, a child of God. And when you recognize this, your whole world changes for the better. No matter where you are or who you're with, the power of this inner knowing will compel you to come up higher. Why are you here? To master your human nature, fulfill your divine purpose, and become one with God. Where are you going? Simply put, you are returning home to the heart of God, where your soul's journey began so very long ago. How do you get there? Follow the Ascended Masters. These great saints and sages of East and West have walked where you walk. They are committed to helping you to find your way home, and their teachings are always practical. Our goal on The Open Door is to keep the spiritual journey as simple and uncomplicated as possible so that all who choose can walk this path with confidence and certainty. The Open Door is live every Tuesday at 11 a.m. Pacific, 2 p.m. Eastern, and we are the Summit Lighthouse, the pathway to your ascension. For more information, visit www.tsl.org. Step into the doorway to conscious choice, greater health, and well-being. Attain the balance that you've been seeking. Tune in and turn on 1111 Talk Radio. Feed the mind. Embrace positively. Release the tension. Step out of fear. Host Simran Singh will help you broaden your mind and open your heart toward a greater understanding of how to take charge of your life. 1111 Talk Radio is here every Thursday at 7 p.m. Eastern Time, 4 p.m. Pacific Time on 7th Wave Network. 1111 Talk Radio. Because shift happens. Taking you to the threshold of a dream and beyond. 7th Wave Network. You are listening to The Open Door, hosted by Tom Schumacher and Terry Kennedy. If you have a question or comment about our series, please send your emails to webradio at tsl.org. That's webradio at tsl.org. Now, back to The Open Door. Well, thank you for staying with us, everyone. We are back for more discussion with Sidney Bennett on the subject of immortality. Now, actually, I'd like to move for the moment anyway to a subject we brought up in the beginning of the show, and that is on the topic of self-transcendence. The masters tell us that even after we've gained our immortal inheritance through the ritual of the ascension, we continue to grow, to transcend ourselves. Can you tell us more about this? I, I think this is one of the most amazing concepts that the ascended masters have presented to us. Most of us assumed that when we got to heaven, that would be the end. <laughs> and I'm not sure what would he do up there, but we sort of trusted that it would be good anyway. Um, but the exciting news is that the ascension is just the beginning. Uh-huh. When we have achieved our immortality, it is the time we really put on the full mantle of our co-creation with God. And because the universe is ever-expanding and ever-transcending, there's never a point where you don't learn, you don't grow, or you don't get closer to God. And I think this is an amazing concept that we can continue to learn and grow. And even as we have the master-disciple and the guru-chila relationship on earth, you have it in heaven as well. And our teachers or our gurus or that few steps ahead of us on the ladder will always be there to teach us and take us to a new place in God. 
And, of course, once we get up there, we don't lose free will. And as we perhaps will talk in a, in a few minutes, there are a lot of things you can do up there or not do, depending <laughs> on your choice. But the exciting news is life begins at the ascension. It doesn't end there. I, I just love that concept. Yeah, it's great. Uh, it just, I, I, I think of the, the masters that I have become aware of. They are transcending themselves. And I suppose it isn't sacrilege to say that God is transcending himself. Well, that's an amazing concept, isn't it? Mm-hmm. And, of course, uh, the Ascended Masters do teach that God continually transcends himself. Now, mm-hmm. how that manifests, I don't know exactly. <laughs> Not there but, yet. But it's an amazing concept because if we're continually transcending ourselves, then God must be as well. Yeah. And so that is what the most amazing thing about creation and life and opportunity. And we, we just realize how precious this gift of life is oh. and this opportunity that we have. You know, I happened to tune in uh night before last on a show. I was on TV. It was called um, I Survived Beyond and Back. And it's about mm-hmm. near-death experiences. And uh, I think it's on the Biography Channel. And the amazing thing is there was a story of this one man who, who drowned, essentially, and he woke up and he was going to hell. <laughs> and um, but when he woke up in this particular place was on the cusp of hell he said he could hear all these people and they were talking that obviously had died as well and the great regret they had for not having done better in their physical oh. physical lives and of course you know hell or what they call hell is not a punishment it's where you're magnetized to depending on your vibration and life choices you've made well this guy made it back certainly and <laughs> mercifully came back from the dead so to speak and, of course, his life is transformed. Wow. So we do have to realize that life, we can't just think about the future and being ascended. we got to get there first. And we have to live the way God has taught us to live and the masters have taught us to live so that we can get there. And the choices we make now will determine if and when that happens. You know, I, I think it, it might bear a little bit more explanation in terms of uh, how we conceptualize hell. Uh, we have talked before about there being various levels of the astral plane. Is that what you're referring to? Absolutely. And I think that, um, you know, there's 33 levels of heaven we've taught, and there's 33 levels of the astral plane, or what we call hell. And, of course, the lower you go, the mm-hmm. worse it gets. And so what determines where people go when they die is who they are and what they have become. Like attracts like. Mm-hmm. And so if, you, if a person has a very low vibration, has been engaged in very negative and detrimental things in their life and only gone after the pleasures of the senses and so forth or misused drugs or alcohol or whatever, then they're magnetized to that level where other people are like that. So it's a good good incentive, so to speak, to change our lives. It's never too late to change. It's never too late to turn your life around because what happens is some souls will go there between embodiments and then they won't ever get up to what we call the etheric retreats where they will learn and grow and, and, and know what they need to do. And so, for instance, an alcoholic may end up in the astral plane with other alcoholics, and then just return to next next embodiment they come, they still have the momentum of alcoholism. And so very often, unfortunately, they repeat themselves. But that's a good point, that they don't stay there permanently necessarily. They do have the opportunity to return. Right. To make uh-huh. amends or to, to gain right. true opportunity. But, but the, the, the problem is they haven't had the teaching or the instruction yeah. that you get on the etheric plane in terms of preparing for your next embodiment. And so it goes back to this whole concept of what we do counts, what we do every day counts, what we do tomorrow counts. It's never too late to turn things around in your life. And this guy that I saw on this show, you know, he, he described his life before this <laughs> happened to him, and it wasn't pretty. No. <laughs> and now it's totally transformed. So oh. I, think, I think God lets those things happen so people can see that, well, we still have life, we still have hope, we still have opportunity, and today is a day we can turn it around with so, God's help. So we're talking about this fellow that might be an alcoholic and doesn't get the opportunity to have uh, the, the etheric teaching before re- reincarnating. 
when will he get that teaching? He'll just have to have be more attuned and listen to the angels say, you know, you really ought to get off the booze. Yeah. Or maybe well, listen to this show. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, well, God will true. give him the opportunity, and that's the, the marvelous thing. Um, people have to be open to that, though. Yeah. have to be willing to change. And the problem is people get such momentums on things it's very hard to stop. And you know, anyone that's been an alcoholic or addicted to drugs or cigarettes or what, it's not an easy thing. No. But God can help you do that. And that's the marvelous thing about the science of the spoken word, about decrees. It can literally help you be cut free from these momentums. And um, that, with your good choices, will help you get there. Mm-hmm. You know, we were talking about God transcending himself. You know, I mean, God is God, after all. But can you explain a little bit more about, uh, you know, how this how perfection can become more perfect. I mean, it's, it's kind of a, a <laughs> that's an easy one, Terry. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, I, I can't answer that, Terry. I mean, you know, God is perfection, yet God is transcending himself. Yeah. And I, I yeah. you know, we do have a finite consciousness um, at right here and now. So I, we don't have to understand every single thing about God. I mean, we won't, first of all. Right. And secondly, we just have to understand the key things of the love and the path and the teachings and the service to life. And then, you know, it's the simple souls that make it to heaven, not necessarily the intellect. It's not our intellect yeah, that's going to yeah, get us there. Well, it is the conceit of the intellectuals to try to capture God in the finite experience exactly. of their mind. Exactly. <laughs> you know, um, going back uh, to our central theme of immortality, can you help those of us who were taught and trained in Western religious orthodoxy to understand the difference between the immortality of the soul and the immortality of life? And I, I'm asking this because I recall you once saying that the soul has immortal potential but that it is possible for the soul to actually die. Did I get that right? That's correct. Um, God has given us an I am presence, a Christ consciousness, that is immortal because it's God. It can never mm-hmm. never go. God has also given us our soul. Now, as we mentioned, soul has the, our soul has the potential to become one with God through the ascension. But going back again to free will, mm-hmm. souls can make the choice to reject God, reject the opportunity for life. And at a certain point, if the soul has made that choice long enough, they do lose their life. The soul will, will go what we call to the second death. That energy is repolarized back to God. The I am presence goes back to God. And so the souls can be lost. But I want to add here that souls are not lost because we make mistakes or because we do one or two things that are bad. I mean, obviously, we've been around a very long time. God is very <laughs> patient with us. Yeah. But at a certain Thankfully. point, at a certain point, if the soul makes the choice that they don't want life, God must honor that because of free will. Yeah. Oh, that's interesting. Wow. You know, I find it interesting also that life isn't actually in the body, but rather in the heart. And maybe you can expand upon that a little bit. Well, again, we identify with our body because a lot of times, um, you know, the senses are what kind of keep us going, so to speak. Um, but we understand it's the light of God within our hearts, not the physical form that, that is God. And so it's the potential of that. When we leave this body... We're only going to go with the momentum of light that we have achieved. Mm-hmm. We're not going to take our physical body unless we make the physical ascension, which obviously you become one with God. But beyond that, we're taking what's in our heart, the light within our hearts. You're not going to take anything else with you and the patterns and momentums and so forth that you have. You know, there's, there's people that want to freeze their bodies so they can be brought back <laughs> to life, you know. I mean, that's mechanization. That's yeah. not life, mm. you know. Um, it's not God. And so... We understand there is a difference. And I think people, when they, they realize that they're not their bodies, it's hard not to identify your body, especially if you've got back pain. But uh, nonetheless, we understand we're more than the body. Yeah. You know, be, before we close up today, um, this idea that we had commented on briefly earlier about in the ascended state having uh, new experiences, choices, relationships, and so forth, 
uh, as not only possible but common. Can you kind of expand on that a little bit? Well, think of life as the very best you can conceive of, and then multiply that by a hundred or a thousand or whatever, and that's mm. life in the ascended state. Okay. There are cities. <laughs> there are magnificent cities of light that are above the earth, where the golden age is manifest right now. We had a soul that, that left uh, uh, this organization a couple of years ago, and as a special dispensation, he shared what life was like there. And he said it was so marvelous, it's so organized, it's so beautiful. Mm. You know the truth, it's who you are. And that's what's waiting for us. And the opportunity to go to become co-creators of God, even other planets, other places, there is no limit. Oh. <laughs> I, it's nice to hear. I want to be there. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, that's all the time we have this week. And as always, we are indebted to Sidney Bennett for his insight and clarity. And I want to thank all of you for joining us today. You know, we hope that you choose to make the Ascended Masters an integral part of your spiritual journey. And remember, though the upward path may be difficult, the rewards are out of this world. Thank you, Terry. You're welcome. See you again next week. And you too, Sydney. Thank you again for joining us this week for The Open Door. This program is broadcast live every Tuesday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time, 11 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America 7th Wave Channel. For more information about The Open Door and the Summit Lighthouse, please visit our website at www.tsl.org. We'll see you again next week.